The following guided meditation was given at Common Ground Meditation Center in Minneapolis, Minnesota. So a big welcome to everyone and a big thank you to Shelley Graff who uh, taught last week. I was leading a retreat with Kamala Masters and Steve Armstrong, two well-known Dharma teachers in our community uh, through Inset Meditation Society in Massachusetts. And uh, yeah, it's really great to be back. And uh, as we settle in, instead of doing a, a regular Sunday morning chant, we've been for the since the beginning of the year just experimenting with a relaxed and informal refuge and precept reflection. I've just been modeling that. And the idea is for each of us in our own way to make it part of our practice. It may be a weekly thing or a daily thing or once a month. So I'll just guide us through uh, this really wholesome reflection. So settling in. And often what's done at the beginning of this traditional reflection is just to recall with gratitude the lineage of teachers and teachings, dear ones, so that any goodness, any wisdom, any sort of learning about love that we've uncovered in our own life is really built upon our ancestors, our actual ancestors, our spiritual ancestors, including the Buddha as one of our primary teachers, this person who lived 2,500 years ago. So it makes sense to me just to be grateful for being able to be part of this deep and wide wisdom stream, the stream of wisdom and compassion in a very real way, we get this opportunity to transform our hearts because of the difficult work others have done before us. Basically doing the same thing, but <clears throat> they passed on their learning. And uh, in a way, we're all responsible for realizing what our spiritual ancestors have realized and just in any formal and informal way, modeling that wisdom and love, passing it along to the next generations. So we feel that gratitude, we feel part of this lineage. It's really human common sense, even though it's so easy for all, all us humans to forget about being busy, being distracted. And then the three refuge chant or reflection is really about bringing to mind with gratitude this path of practice where we're uncovering this potential to be Buddha, to be awake, to be open-hearted, clear, receptive. This is what it means to be Buddha to be awake, and Buddha wakes up to the way that it is, that's Dhamma. So the three refuges, Buddha, Dhamma, 
Sangha. Buddha wakes up to Dhamma the way it is, the conditions that are coming and going, bodily experience, mental experience, internal, external experience. And Buddha learns how to wake up, learns how to be aware, fearless, compassionate, curious, And that allows for the third refuge of Sangha, this skillful participation, fearless and wise engagement with our lives, with our communities, with the world. So Sangha means a wise and kind engagement, whether we see that in another human being or we see it in ourselves. And we're linking up that that skillful engagement depends on Buddha being intimate with Dhamma, a human being waking up to the way it is, or simply put, being connected with the truth of the moment. And then the last part of the reflection is to really appreciate how important it is to ground ourselves to ground our lives in the value of non-harming. In in a sense, in Buddhist practice, this commitment to non-harming is that like that old phrase where the rubber meets the road. It's really easy to have lofty ideas about love and compassion and wisdom, but what actually shows up when we're interacting with our partners or our family or the messy, difficult issues in our lives around power and difference and making the world a more just, safer, kinder place. So we undertake the five precepts, undertaking the training to refrain from harming living beings as an ongoing, never-ending training undertaking the training to refrain from taking things that haven't been given to us, refraining from using our sexual energies in ways that cause confusion and harm to others and ourselves, refraining from using speech in ways that cause harm and confusion, speaking truth when it needs to be spoken in ways that actually help, even if it roughs things up when we speak the truth. But to just that sense that the motivation is to support, promote healing. And the last is to undertake the training to refrain from intoxicating the mind with media, with alcohol, with drugs. And it's really this deep value. We really need clarity. That's what the world needs. That's what each of us need. So we undertake this training not to intoxicate the mind in ways that get in way of responding appropriately in our lives. These are the five mindfulness trainings or the five precepts. And so just consider how you might do that once a week or however, whatever the frequency might be. And I pasted in the chat, and I'll do that again, the common ground Um, refuges and precepts, if you want to use that, you can use that.
So let's settle into our sitting time now. If you haven't already settled, take a couple of longer, deeper breaths. Just as a way of coming more fully into the experience of the body, Eventually let the breathing continue on its own. It's so nice that we can trust the body to do the breathing. It doesn't require any mental oversight. And we'll be going as we have for the last few months using the 16 or at least the first 12 instructions the Buddha offers his most complete set of meditation instructions. Establishing mindfulness to the fore, which simply means we're recognizing that this experience is being known there is this knowing awareness here. And we can use the breath as a specific aspect of the present moment. So we're recognizing that breathing in is happening, breathing out, the physicality of breathing out is happening when that happens. And of course, this awareness of breathing in, the awareness of breathing out can only happen in the present moment because it's not about the idea of breathing in, which is somewhat static. It's the direct moment-to-moment recognition of the sensations of breathing in. And those sensations, of course, are always changing through the length of the in-breath, through the length of the the out-breath. So just experimenting, can you simply track the physicality of the breath in the body, whether it's in terms of the rising and falling of the abdominal wall, or the touching as the air comes in through the nostrils and then out, or however that physicality is clear for you. And in doing this, we're learning how to seclude the mind from any other experience that might arise, just let all that other activity in the present moment happen in the background or periphery. And the next instruction the Buddha gives is 
an invitation to be a little bit more curious, a little bit more intimate with the this physicality of breathing in and breathing out so that you can actually discern the relative shortness or longness of the breath. So in a sense, you're comprehending the experience of breathing in, recognizing it as a relatively gross or relatively refined breath in, breath out, relatively long or short, The heart is willing to be intimate with the details of an inhalation and exhalation, not dismissive at all. As if each half breath really matters, really worthy of our full, wise and kind, relaxed attention. So in a way, without getting tight, we're putting our heart into this knowing of breathing in, into this experience of breathing out. As if it's the only thing right now that matters. It's a very particular skill we're learning how to be authentically interested in something as ordinary as breathing in, breathing out moment by moment. As if we've never taken the time to meet this breath as it actually is.
third instruction. One trains oneself while breathing in, experiencing the whole body. One trains oneself while breathing out, experiencing the whole body. So we're allowing this natural aspect of awareness, this inclusive aspect to manifest now. We're still aware of the breath coming in and the breath going out. But right with that awareness of the in and out breath is the experience of the body sitting. And we're not highlighting particular sensations in the body like a painful place, but rather learning to receive the whole body, the totality of the body as it is, through the duration of the in-breath, through the duration of each out-breath. Whole body awareness. And realizing how natural this inclusive awareness is. You can be even more relaxed, this inclusive knowing of the whole body as you breathe in and out.
the next instruction. One trains oneself while breathing in, calming the body, calming the bodily formations, the bodily activities. One trains oneself while breathing out, calming the body. So just do the best you can, just valuing the spreading and deepening of calm through the body as you breathe in, as you breathe out. And remember, you can always use a meditation word or phrase if that's helpful. So for example, you could repeat calming the body with each in and each out breath, if that's helpful. But otherwise, just do the practice in silence. And the important thing with this fourth instruction is to pay attention to places in the body that do feel calm, not the places that feel agitated. Appreciate the calm that is there in the body, even if it's just a relative calm. And just as best you can, the whole body suffused, pervaded with a sense of calm, calm settledness. And from that calm settledness, a beautiful, radiant, joyful smile, as if every cell, the heart itself, the mind itself, has a beautiful light smile, as if the body and the mind is lit from within. And the fifth instruction, one trains oneself while breathing in, experiencing joy. Piti, one trains oneself while breathing out, experiencing joy. So again, instead of noticing tightness in the mind, we're interested, let the mind be interested in that light, bright, buoyant quality of the heart as you breathe in, as you breathe out. We're doing our best to keep joy in mind, even if it's faint now, that's okay.
and being intimate, being aware of joy, supports the recognition of ease or sukha. One trains oneself while breathing in, experiencing ease of the heart. One trains oneself while breathing out, experiencing ease of the heart, contentment. Not needing things to be different. Feel that relaxation of the heart with the in-breath, with the out-breath. And do your best, allow ease to deepen and spread, suffusing the whole space of the mind, heart, body. And with that contentedness and ease more apparent, the mind is naturally dispassionate. So as we're breathing in, the Buddha says, train yourself to be aware of the activity of the thinking mind, the feeling mind, perceiving mind. As you breathe out, aware of the activity of the mind, but from this place of contentment and dispassion, it's just thinking. It's just the activity of the mind doing what it does. So a real sense of spaciousness as you breathe in, aware of the activity of the mind, breathing out, aware of the activity of the mind with a lot of dispassion. And resting more and more in a sense of ease and dispassion, notice the quieting of the mind. So that's the eighth instruction. One trains oneself while breathing in, quieting the mind, experiencing the quieting of the mind. And then one trains oneself each time while breathing out, experiencing the quieting of the mind. And this quieting of the mind, the thinking mind, happens naturally, organically, because we're relating to any thoughts with a lot of space, a lot of dispassion.
And of course, at these Sunday morning sessions, we're really learning the map. So it won't feel so natural as we keep moving ahead, but just do the best to use the map, to learn the map. The ninth instruction the Buddha offers, one trains oneself while breathing in, experiencing the mind, the space of the mind. One trains oneself while breathing out, experiencing the space of the mind. Not the activity of the mind or the activity of the body, but the space of the knowing mind, the space of the present moment. The space of the present moment is the mind, the heart. Breathing in, appreciating the boundless space of the present moment the boundless space of the knowing mind. Of course, this is refined or subtle. So we're training the mind to be interested in something subtle that's here and now, the space of the knowing mind. As we breathe in, as we breathe out, even though there will be experiences known, emotions, feelings, thoughts, whatever. We're training the mind to be interested in the space of the knowing mind itself, boundless, stainless, Meaning there's something that remains unmoved even when strong experiences come and go. Something remains unstained, open and empty. So we really appreciate that. That sense, that taste of freedom as we breathe in, breathe out. The next instruction, one trains oneself while breathing in, gladdening the mind, appreciating it. As one breathes out, gladdening the mind. 
really recognizing and even resting in the goodness, the freedom, the boundless quality of the knowing mind. And then the next instruction is to train oneself while breathing in to recognize that still or empty of agitation quality. And as you breathe out, concentrating the mind, recognizing, resting in the stillness. to rest back in the, into the stillness of the heart. And any experiences coming and going, that's okay. Keep orienting, attending to the stillness of this space. Resting and trusting And whatever selfing, whatever dramas, whatever likes and dislikes appear, they're just things that come and go, nothing substantial. Even the sense of me as the practitioner me as the one who wants to be free once and for all. Even that idea is something that just comes and goes in the vast and empty space of the present moment. 
And finally, the Buddha asks us to train ourselves while breathing in, liberating the mind. One trains oneself while breathing out, liberating the mind. Recognizing this reality of non-grasping. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.